There it goes. I just got flagged five yards for false start for a second. Sorry, everybody, on that one. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. This is the uh, last show of 2022. 2023 is upon us next week. And... Yes, we always have a lot to talk about today. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. And I am joined by the host of The Final Buzzer, Mr. John Fulkowski. Pathetic. That's all I can say is pathetic. Last night is pathetic. All right. And, of course, the guy who's enjoying seeing a first initial goal from Aturatu, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Hey, Mark, were you you aware that... uh... In the NHL, you can, you know, you can knee someone and, and attempt to tear a guy's ACL and, no, and you know, face no supplemental disciplinary action. Just just wanted to throw that fact out there to you. I actually, I, I became aware of this, I think it was Friday night. And um, once again, the NHL Department of Player Safety or Safety, because they have no idea what the hell the word player safety is. It's unbelievable how... How they conduct them? Did you, did you know you could rock bottom people too? Because Dmitry Orlov got away with one of those last night. That was fun. I thought I was. I thought I was watching a, a WWE match circa 2000 with The Rock. <laughs> but you know, it's actually funny that you mentioned that, Phil, because mm-hmm. that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the New York Islanders, uh, and how last Thursday night the Rangers did have. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong one. The Rangers did have the comeback win against the New York Islanders, but the Islanders then came out strong. Big win against Florida. Big win last night against Pittsburgh Penguins. And Anthony, Islanders, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. Right now, they're sitting in sixth place in the Metro, which sounds a lot better than that. What's your take on the Islanders' week? Are you more encouraged or discouraged? And as I mentioned before, Aturatu scored his first NHL goal on Friday night versus the Panthers. What sticks out to you from the last three games? Um, well, they they were a little bit. They had a little bit of of lifelessness in them against that in that Ranger game. Um, I thought they, you know, one goal a one goal lead isn't you know it's really nothing. It's a one goal lead. Uh, quickly can turn on the other way. But um, you know, they they didn't really put the pedal down in the third period there to put the Rangers away. Um, and then while the Rangers certainly hit some posts, the Islanders, you know, in that 3-3 game, Nelson and Pajot hit a post like a minute within each other. It would have made it 4-3. And I think after that, um, the wind just got taken out of their sails. Uh, you know, I was watching the game with one of my friends, uh, Goldberg, in case you're wondering, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to him, I'm like, this game has the feeling of where one team's going to score real late. And the other team's not going to get a point, and it's going to be a gut punch to, to the team that gets scored on late. Um, and that's you know that's exactly what happened. I, I hated how Sebastian Ajo was really soft in, in front of Kako there in that game-winning goal. He just let him get kind of lost there, um, and you know he, he, Kako put the puck home. But I thought that was terrible. Well, welcome to life as a Ranger fan watching Jacob Truba. You, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but, I mean, overall, I was kind of mad about that game. I thought there were good parts. I thought there were bad parts. Um, I was more encouraged with how they came out the two games after because um, they totally just destroyed Florida and and Pittsburgh. You know, Florida had the early one nothing lead, but you saw 
how much the Islanders were pressuring Bobrovsky and how shaky it looked. It was only a matter of time before the so dam hard. broke. And when it broke, did it break? Because the Islanders started pouring it on after that um, against the Panthers team that we all talked about, you know, could be in, in trouble as we touched on our last show. What did um, I say to you both during that game? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then the, and then the Penguins game last night, that was even more impressive because the Penguins have been playing pretty well. Um, coming out of the break, the Islanders just ran them out of the building. Um, and you know what? So the Islanders, yeah, the, right now they're they're sitting out of a playoff spot by one point behind the Rangers. But I'm actually really pretty comfortable right now with how they are. You know, they're playing the, the worst team in the East tomorrow in Columbus. Um, you know, depending on how a few games go tonight and tomorrow, you know, they could be in, you know, third in the Metro after Thursday night. So I think – the Islanders are, are in good shape. I mean, I wish they would get healthy. That's the one thing that's kind of, you know, eating at them right now is the injuries are starting to pile up. More um, than that a little bit. But, you know, like I said, they had two really convincing wins. They just got to keep building on that. And with the Islanders, it's consistency. You know, the, the Rangers kind of were, you know, bad in the beginning, and then they got really hot, you know, up and down. The Islanders haven't really been that consistent of a team. It's like they, you know, win four in a row, you know, lose two in a row, win three in a row. So, as long as the Islanders can build off some consistency off these two, you know, two nice wins, um, you know, and, and really play a solid 60 minute effort night in and night out, uh, I think they'll be totally fine. You know, you have this their goal differential flash at the bottom there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's I think that's good for second or third in the Metro in terms of goal differential. So that's a good sign. Usually a team with that high of a goal differential does not miss the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that. <clears throat> And we touched on it before, the inconsistency part of it. I think that's still an issue of uh, them still feeling their way out with Lane Lambert's new new higher octane system than Barry Trotz ever played. Uh, I think every now and then they kind of, you know, fall back a little bit and, you know, forget the, the, the new system of playing and the different details in it. But um, again, you know, overall, uh, so far, so good. Uh, I really like the way they played the last two games. And they have a golden opportunity here to pick up two crucial points against, you know, a dreadful team in Columbus. So, um, again, really, the only, my only gripe right now is the injuries are starting to hit them hard. And, you know, it's it's, you know, going to test their depths a little bit, which more on that again later. But um, hopefully they could start to get some healthy, get some guys back and, you know, really hit the ground running from there. Uh, just before I turn it over to Phil, here's an interesting thing. I, and I was looking this up today that uh, I would just have a plus 18 goal differential. Do you know who they're tied with for what non-playoff team right now in the Eastern Conference? Buffalo Sabres. Wow. I, yeah, that and, shocked me today. And if you look at that that goal differential from Buffalo, uh, 75% of that probably comes <laughs> from Tage Thompson's production. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's amazing. And uh, also just to mention the goal differential, if you turned – they're upside down in the standings. Capitals are the least. The Mets, uh, the Mets, because the Mets just came on. The Penguins uh, are the second least. The Rangers, and then because they're plus 16, and then the Islanders are plus 18. Those are all good indicators. Filk, your thoughts on the Islanders last week? I mean, the Rangers game was an up and down game. That's, as Anthony said in the past, it's one of those games where anything can kind of happen. Uh, I mean, either team could be on a 10-game losing streak and then everything changes in that game because it's just such a high-emotion, um, intense rivalry game. It's it's playoff hockey, basically. So you're, you're going into a game where anything can happen, a variety of different things 
can happen, and then all of a sudden, game could turn from a one nothing game to a five three game. I've just for an example, but many different things can happen in those games. Um, Islanders against Florida. I, I didn't know how Florida even had a lead in that game because the Islanders were all over them. Um, like I kept saying in the group chat, I was like, Barbowski was so bad. He was fighting the puck so badly, just gigantic, juicy rebounds, fighting the pucks. I don't know how he was making half the saves he was making in that game because he had no idea where the puck was going. He was just literally guessing. Then the Islanders just eventually got him past him, and then you know the floodgates just pretty much broke open, and that was it. So, I mean, they took advantage of Florida, and that, that's exactly what I expected to happen in that game. And then the Pittsburgh game, they really set the tone early with that Wallstrom hit. And that was a good hit. I have no problem with that hit. Um, I, I know that the Penguins uh, took exception of it, and then there was a dirty play that ended up um, kind of injuring Wallstrom there for a little bit. It was like a, like a check to the side of the head, I think it was. Or yeah, he didn't, he didn't return to the game. So Yeah, which I, I, it was just terrible. I, 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 love, I love how Pittsburgh gets away with all that crap. They complain about Truba and all the crap with him. But yet, for years, Sidney Crosby has gotten away with slew foots, spearing, uh, cup checks. Remember when he cup checked Boris Valbic in the middle of a fight that he was already engaged with another player in, what, like 2008, <laughs> whatever that was? How yeah. about when he slashed Cody Cece so bad, he lost the tip – or almost. Mark Mathot. Mark Mathot. Sorry, Mark Mathot. I'm sorry. Yeah, Different Mark relevant – uh, and, 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 and they changed the rules – around with slashing and started calling slashes differently the season after that happened because they knew they screwed up and they made a mistake. So, um, yeah. And then you got Malkin, uh, you know, Slewfoot's Paul, Mar- uh, Paul Mara in game four of the 2008 Eastern semis, no call, but you know what? I- I'm tired of hearing it from Penguins fans. I'm tired of hearing it. You guys aren't victims. You guys get away with everything. There there's, there's nothing that they have to complain about. And that that's a microcosm last night of, of what they've gotten away with over the last 15, 16 years now. So, or 18 years rather, uh, we'll say 17, 17, because it was 2006, 2007 when it really started noticing things like that. But um, the Islanders took it to them and they, they did the same thing they did during fight night. What was it? 2011 where, where Brent Johnson yeah. knocked out Di Pietro. Yeah, and yeah. Then that whole thing where Lemieux trashed the Islanders fan base and got nothing for it. For saying all the crap he said about them when Tortorella called the superstars uh, whiny and everything and got fined 250k for it, yeah. So the Islanders basically rehashed that whole series of of basically physical play, fights, everything like that. And yeah, and, and good. That's what you have to do with Pittsburgh to get under their skin because you know they they like to play dirty, they like to get and they get away with everything. So good on the Islanders for taking their game back to them and hitting them ten times harder right in the nuts. Fuck Pittsburgh. And I don't even care that I just dropped the F bomb there, but fuck <laughs> Well, uh, as far as the week goes, I got to say this. I was shocked uh, more than anything before the Ranger game when I saw Ilya Sorokin had a 500 record. I think he was 10, 10, and 2, top of my head. Uh, then, of course, he goes under 500, back to 500, and now over it uh, in the last couple games. But, uh, they really dominate the, the real the real headline for them is the Pittsburgh game. They dominated that game. That that game, the ice was completely slanted towards uh the Pittsburgh end. And uh you know what's good for them. 
that's that's the way you find it again. And now they got two wins in a row against a really good opponent and uh, someone. And by the way, Sergey Bobrovsky, just my God, he he is falling down as far as his career goes, uh, further than Hans Gruber fell from Nakatomi Plaza. And I, I was already going to use that metaphor for another team we're going to talk about. For the Never Metro. forget what Carl Winslow did on that day. <laughs> but it's, you know what, this this is sort of what we've come to expect from them over the last few years. And now I think they're they're back. They're fighting their form again. The, you know, the the four, the four, four, and two in their last 10, they're constantly at 500 with their last 10, but they're treading water and they're within striking distance because after, after all, I keep teasing it. We're talking about another Metro Division team soon, everybody. It's coming. Um, Anthony, last, last thoughts on the Islanders this week and where they're going next week because you mentioned the Columbus game. What's after Columbus? Uh, well, first, let's say it's, it's, I'll just kind of touch on what you just said. It's it's more than within striking distance. The Islanders are in the same group with the Rangers, the the Penguins, and uh, the Devils. Everybody, uh, all those teams are have an equal chance of making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Um, no one, with the exception of the Hurricanes, are kind of really you know almost like a lock right now. I, I will say I do think the Metro is going to send five teams to the playoffs. That I'm really 100 percent positive on. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the Hurricanes are really the only team I could say definitively that I would bet money that are definitely going to make it. Yeah, so the Islanders and Rangers likely going to make the playoffs? Yes. Are the Penguins probably going to make it? Yes. But it's so close right now, you honestly, you, 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 just, you just don't know. Um, you don't know who's going to be that team that at the end of the day is holding the bag outside the playoff line just because how close it is. You know, uh, We'll touch on it now just because we're talking about it, but I'll go into it more when we talk about the Rangers. But, you know, Arthur Staple in his in his article today mentioned how, you know, it's deflating for the Rangers and, you know, the players, the guys in that room, because they they ran off, what, eight and one in their last nine. Um, they lose one game and they're all, all of a sudden they're only one point above being out of the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that's just that's just the nature of the Metropolitan Division right now. So no team, no team is safe. You know, you could. You could, you lose two in a row, despite how good you are in the prior ten. You still might find yourself clashing, scratching and clawing to stay in a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, it, it's really tight right now. The Islanders, like you said, they got a, a bad Columbus team tomorrow, and then after that they go out west. They they play Seattle, Vancouver, um, and then you know kind of get the Western Kane Eden trip out of the way. Uh, they finish with uh, the Oilers and the Flames back to back, and then they come home. But, um, yeah, no, that, that's going to be a tough stretch, too, because, you know, even though the Oilers and, and the Flames are kind of just been and, you know, average kind of teetering back and forth and who's in, who's out, um, there's, there's still hard games to go up and play in Western Canada like that. So, um, you know, it's crucial the Islanders, you know, get the two points in the bag with Columbus tomorrow and then, you know, go out on the road trip and have the mindset of, you know, we want to we want to grab as much points as possible because, again, that Metropolitan vision is that tough. Um, and also, you know, they're heading out west with a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, Kyle, they're, Adam Pellick hasn't resumed skating yet, which is really concerning. Um, Oliver, yes. Oliver Wallstrom, even though it just happened yesterday, he did not skate. Um, Simone Holmstrom's not skating, but we shouldn't be surprised when you saw what happened to his knee. Um, yeah. Palmieri, Clutterbuck, and Varlamov have resumed skating, but I don't know what their I don't know what their timeline is yet. So. Um, you know, they're going to have to bring some extra bodies out West just in case, you know, someone else gets hurt. But, um, 
yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. It's always tough to go out west, but then when you're you know battling injuries, it makes it even harder. But you know, overall, again, you know, I like their game. I like where they're at. Um, you know, it's kind of it's nerve wracking, but it's also kind of exciting where you know your team can you know win a game and jump back into the top three in the division, and then have to worry about how long you're going to stay there for before another team kind of bumps you out of the way. So. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's hockey right now. There's a lot of parity. And, uh, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's, it's going to be a dog fight. Well, and as Andrew's saying right here, even if they get healthy, Palmieri should stay out of the lineup. Roddy looks just, just as good as him. Fashing has been a dog and where the spoon has been very solid as well. Look, we're going to talk more about the Islanders lineup in a few minutes in our bar talk segment, but let's go over to the New York Rangers who did have one game last night, or at least, we thought they were supposed to play. They didn't. Uh, the Washington Capitals showed up. But uh, where is it? The Rangers come back. Sorry. Rain- Rangers come back in the third period, beat the New York Islanders 4-3, to three, the Capococco goal we know. Uh, but again, they come back against the Islanders. Lifeless pretty much in that Capitals game. Before I get, Philk, your thoughts on this, I have to play this for us. Because, <clears throat> Philk, I don't know what goalie interference is anymore. Because if you look at this at this play, they lose a critical, uh, they lose a critical interference call. Here is, here's the play right over here, and first Connor Sheary goes right in the net and right in the crease, and he's making contact with Sisterkin's left. Uh, they they've called so much less the Toronto the Toronto Jersey game where Jersey lost their streak, but that was that was called off because of uh, of goaltender interference. There was a goaltender interference call in that game, and he barely touched the goaltender. And, yeah. I, and, and that was the night that the Jersey fans threw everything all over the ice, and now they, they don't call that? Like, you know what? If, if this is how it's going to be, then just go back to the foot in the crease rule. Go back Pretty to the much. foot in the crease rule, because they just there's, there's no consistency within the call whatsoever. Um, I, I want to know who had money on that game. That's what I really want to know because that that, that was terrible, was terrible. They were the calls were just so unabashedly, blatantly in Washington's favor last night. The amount of calls that they missed, and then you have Jacob Truba putting the puck in his own net like an idiot. I don't know why he why he still plays. He sucks, but it just no drive, no you know no urgency, and it, and it sucks because. When you're playing against a team and the referees, it just, it just, there, there's, it makes it that much harder to win. And it, it and honestly, it takes the life right out of your sales. Like you, you, they knew they were going to be in for a long night when they, when Kravtsov got thrown down at rock bottom down to the ice. And then the two weak calls right after that to put Washington on that five on three. Like, are you kidding me? It, it just, and then Gauthier, Literally gets tripped on a breakaway, no call. He gets slew-footed on a turnaround shot, no call in front. I'm just, I'm tired of this. I really am. It gets frustrating to watch. It really does. Um, they, It just it felt like they, after that first goal, the life was sucked out of the team, and that's unacceptable. It really is, especially when you're in a playoff race. And you can just tell the demeanor, the body language, everything changed. And you, you can't have those nights. You, you can't. Not with this division being as close as it is. And, and not with this team needing to, to get itself on track and, and 
be the team that it was last year. Like there's nothing that's going to be coming in and saving this team anytime soon. And if it's leadership is not going to be strong enough to, to deal with the adversity that you're going to have to deal with in situations like that, then, um, then I, I something's got to change because Jacob Trouba ain't doing the job as captain. Um, Gerard Gallant, you know, talks about meritocracy, but Sammy Blade plays like absolute garbage, takes all these dumb penalties, still plays. You move up Barkley Gaudreau into the top six. He doesn't do anything there. He doesn't belong there. You talk about Vitaly Kravtsov playing so well, but why don't you keep him in the top six? You demote Alexi Lafreniere after he doesn't play well for one game, but other guys have been in that lineup that have not been playing well. Artem Panarin has not played well all season. Where was he last night? Where was he last night? Oh, that's right. He was making dumb drop passes and, and turning the puck over like he did in the playoffs last year. So, um, uh, it just, I like putting Capo Caco back with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider in practice. Uh, I think he belongs there, but I, I just think that the Barkley Goudreau in the top six experiment needs to end ASAP. And I think oh, Gerard, no, it definitely needs to end. We, we that's that's number one. Yeah, yeah. And, and then um, Gerard Gallant really needs to take a look at his accountability you know, and, and the crap that he preaches about it and, and meritocracy and really have some serious introspection because he's not applying it across the board. And it's sending a bad message to the kids. The kids aren't developing properly. They were supposed to be a big part of why this team was supposed to make the playoffs. And they, they really haven't been because Gallant just hasn't given the time. Oh, and the power play. Power play needs to change. Needs to mm-hmm. change. You've been saying it for weeks, but it finally needs to change. You need to take Trocek off that unit and you need to change up either Mika Zibanejad or Artemi Panera needs to be moved because they keep trying to force that crossing one-timer onto the, the, you know, the, the left-wing side and the right-hand shot, and everybody knows it's coming. Adam Fox doesn't shoot the damn puck enough. Um, get Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco on that, on that left side and start using a bumper a bit more because they, they Chris Kreider is not getting it done in the deflection spot anymore. They're not going in. It's not happening. Maybe you need to put him in a bumper position or something and, and change something up because it, it's not it's not there. The, the power play needs to change, and they need penalty killers bad too. They do because the penalty kill just ain't coming through anymore. Yeah, and so, that was number one on the road for a little bit. Anthony, what have you been seeing? I mean, for the most part, I, I think the, the Rangers have been – that have been playing pretty well. I know they had that win streak, and you know last night was was terrible. But um, I just think overall, it's just a lot of a lot of the same things that we talked about when they were struggling. Um, you know, not not enough not enough production from you know anybody not named Panarin, Zibanejad. Uh, you know, defensive lapses, um, power play struggling. Um, like Phil mentioned, all too predictable. Uh, although in that Islander game, they you know. They kind of switched it up. They put they put on the Rangers' first goal. They put Zibanejad up top. He got the pass, uh, and he faked the shot, which Sorokin bought on. He thought he was going to shoot, and he passed over Panarin. He had an empty net. Um, so doing stuff like that more often, I think, will help their power play because it has become too predictable with Zibanejad on the left side teeing up the one-timer. Um, but, you know, I, again, I just think that the Rangers, they need – they need more depth scoring and they need to be more consistent with their effort. Um, you know, if, if you look at their, if you look at their leading scores, you know, after Zibanejad and Panarin, 
uh, Trocheck, Crowder too, for a little bit. But after that, the the drop off amongst forwards is is drastic. Um, they need they need more guys producing more consistently. Um, and then when it comes down to it, listen, we we've we've talked about it. You know, Igor Sturkin last year played at a godlike level. You know, this year is at nine fifteen, which which isn't bad. Nine fifteen is a is a respectable is a respectable save percentage. But you know, there's your difference when you look at the missing points. You know, last year he was playing at nine thirty five to nine forty. Um, that's why the Rangers had at this point last year were a better team and had more points because their goal their goaltender was dominating everybody, um, and that's not happening right now. So. You have to find other ways to to win hockey games, in which they have a little bit. You know that that uh, that Islander Ranger game. Um, the Islanders had what third, fourteen, fifteen shots on goals, something something like yeah, that. Yeah, they they had um, like a, you know, a season low yeah, amount of shots. E, e, Igor's save percentage that game against the Islanders was like eight sixty. Usually, if your goalie puts out a save percentage of that in the game, the chances are they're going to lose. But the Rangers overcame that and won the game. So. Again, they need to find more. They need to find other ways to win hockey games, and they have done that sometimes. But um, again, that's a that's a big drop off, and I think I'm a firm believer, and that's the majority of the reason why they're not at the top of the league this year. Because last mm-hmm. year they were, like I said, it was like Dominic Hasek was reincarnated. But that, but that highlights everything that I said was wrong with the team last year. You weren't getting any production off the right wing. You mm-hmm. were lacking depth production. It's like none of the the concerns. And the issues were answered from last year. And now you don't have prime Hashik to mask a lot of that. And that that's the problem. Um, it, it, it's you, you need the production elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Igor needs to be better. I, I totally agree. I mean, you went from almost God to, to above, slightly above average. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it should be good enough, but this team's not a good enough team to be able to not get that type of goaltending and expect to win games. So they have to start playing the right way. And the guys who aren't pulling their own weight need to start pulling their own weight. And and that's the biggest problem that I see with this team right now is there's too many guys that are not pulling their own weight. You're not getting enough from Panarin. Mm. You're not getting enough from Truba. You're not getting enough from uh, I, I would say Fox and Lindgren at times have just they've been culprits defensively. I mean Fox has played better as of late, but at times defensively they're just like, what are you doing? You know, and, and Troop is the biggest one. For a guy that's playing 22 minutes a night, you cannot be playing at an AHL level caliber defense for two for 22 minutes a night. It's it's unacceptable, and they continue to put him on power play too on top of it. So I don't get it. <laughs> it, it's also I, I can't help but always go back to this but uh ice time is very important we talk about their drop off in their production because it's basically your top five guys you got Kreider, Trocek, uh Panarin, Zibanejad uh and then it goes down after that because their ice time is less you still got Cabococco and uh, Alexei Lafreniere and Filipino getting less ice time than Jimmy fucking Vizzi and VZ's done pretty well for them for what he's supposed to be. Well, let's also use the term what he's supposed to be. He's not supposed to be a second-line winger. He's not supposed to be a first-line winger. He's just supposed to be a depth guy. You're supposed to be building up the other guys. Work on that. And, look, this is the closest I ever heard Gallant to actually ripping the team, as he did last night, saying one team showed up ready to win, and the other one was us. 
I'm paraphrasing. He ripped them earlier on this season once. Um, I forget who it was against, but he ripped them earlier on this season. And you know what? You can bag skate them, but you need to start taking accountability for your bad decisions and, mm-hmm. and really start working on practicing your meritocracy and your accountability across the board because it, 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 the message is clearly not getting through because you're not practicing what you preach. And also we talk about it all the time because uh, one thing we can benefit uh, by looking across at the Islanders, there's more consistency with the Islanders because the decisions are consistent. You got Kratzoff was on the fourth line. Then you see him on the first line. Then he's back on the fourth line. And Goudreau's in the top six when Goudreau should be in the bottom six because that's what Barkley Goudreau was a two-time Stanley Cup champion as a bottom six forward. So it's it's it's, it's it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating to watch. And uh, as one of the commenters just said, oh, boy. And by the way, everybody, I just wanted to say, because I just looked at the comments real quick, Pavel Buchnevich isn't going to the Hall of Fame. Everybody relax. So no, but when you when you trade away your your only consistent right winger, actually, well, the the other one of two consistent right wingers they've had in the last you know ten years, I, I get why people are mad at it, especially when you know there's no right wing production. The only other consistent right winger they've had over the the last ten years has really been, or the last I would say eh, five, six, seven years would be Matt Zuccarello. Right, but. But there was a lot more production with, with Zoom. That's a different story. Uh, we got a lot more we got to get to, so we got to wrap this one up. But uh, but, again, but again, just as as far as the pooch goes, look, he was a group. He was a, a restricted free agent. They had to get something back for him. I still think they should have traded him and tried to get Lawson Kraus, but that was what I thought back then. He's now completely cemented by Arizona, and it's. But as far as this goes, you have to use Capo. Kako, who's actually played pretty well, you know, except I did uh, rip on him for the Matt Barzell goal. He looked great that entire shift. Well, my God, you need a clock, kid, because that he was holding on to the puck forever, and eventually Barzell was able to capitalize on that. Yeah, one, one thing you don't do is you don't you don't play with the puck at your own blue line when you have when you have a guy on you like that. Um, right. That was that was just that was like. A really wow. dumb, a really dumb moment by him, but it is, you know, what can you do? He's a young player, and some of these, some of these guys will make those mistakes from time to time. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good look. All right, um, we're gonna actually move on from this because we have to do uh, New Year's resolutions. But what are your thoughts on the Rangers, guys? Throw it down below. I'm gonna turn back and probably see some scathing comments about Mark. Uh, you, you non-Booch lover. I love Booch, but still, I mean, come on. Uh, so New Year's is upon us and do you have any New Year's resolutions, Philk? I really didn't think of anything, but if I had to think of something off the top of my head, it it would just be consistency from the New York Rangers. Just give me consistent (laughs) play. Well, that's, that's a hundred percent true. I was actually thinking about New Year's resolutions just for you. Oh, get back to, you know, where I was with the gym last year and, you know, get back to being there anywhere from four plus nights a week and probably just lose a few more pounds again to get back closer to like 185, 190. Um, but yeah, that would really be it. Yeah. Uh, but I do have to agree with you. 
if it's New York Rangers, it's consistency and actually starting first periods better because they have been atrocious in the first period way too many times. Um, and I get like one of the best first periods I can recall was against New Jersey where they led to nothing and they didn't even end the first period with the lead. So Anthony, if you were the Rangers, what would the New Year's resolution you would suggest for them would be? Um, get more production from your bottom six. That's, um, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, if I'm a Ranger fan, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off that Barclay Goudreau has, has, you know, more points than Lafreniere and Kako in the same amount of games. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not something, it's not something you want to see. I'm pissed that he's getting more ice time. That too. Well, yeah. That too. I think that's as we covered in the last segment. You you need to give these guys ice time. I mean that, and that's just simple for the Rangers to play the kids. But here's the thing, though. Like, you can't. What Gallant does that I don't like, is, is, and this is a resolution for Gallant, is to stop demoting them or benching them every time they make one damn mistake. They're not going to develop like that. Has Try to, to have a little bit more patience. Uh, I, I think we did. Uh, David saying, I think we need to talk about how bad the Trochik signing really is. Not really his production, but are you paying him five? Well, here's the thing yes, you are paying him to be that. And honestly, third line centers are getting more towards five million. Yeah, Trochik's actually been very he's he's one of the last people I would have any such sort of complaint about. Right? Trochik. I mean, we're just because we say take him off power play one doesn't mean he's not producing. No, it's just just that he's just not a fit on power play one. It's it's obvious at this point. Yeah, you got to elevate the other guys. Anthony, let's turn over to the Islanders. What do you think their New Year's resolution should be? Oh, I mean, once again, play with a little more consistency and and stay healthy. Um, You know, health is important to to go in the distance and making the playoffs and um, you know, they had been pretty healthy, but, you know, up until recently they're, they're starting to get banged up and, uh, you know, and that, you know, that hurts, especially to some key guys. So, um, getting healthy and staying that way, uh, I think is a good resolution for sure. All right, Phil, what do you got for the Islanders? Just get Adam Pellick healthy. I mean, he's their most important player. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you, you see how well the team plays defensively with him in the lineup. Uh, I think he's a bit more of a leader than people would probably give credit for. Um, but Adam Pellick needs to be in their lineup for in order for them to to make the playoffs and and, and to, to actually win around because they're not they're not really going to do anything without him. And I don't know what the prognosis is on him, but the sooner he's back in the lineup and healthy, the better off the Islanders are. And and hopefully hopefully it's a good prognosis because we haven't heard anything. Which is scary. Yeah, I would have to say for for them, just give Ilya Sorokin a little bit more help. He's been standing on his head so much for this team, and uh, they're they really could use a little bit more defense. I like how active they've been, even getting their defense involved in the offense. But uh, just just give Sorokin a little bit more help. Let's go around the NHL, guys. Any teams that you think should have? some New Year's resolutions, and we're going to skip Toronto Maple Leafs win a playoff series because uh, we all know that should be it. Yeah. Uh, Phil, what do you got? 
Uh, the Edmonton Oilers get Connor McDavid some talent to play around, including in net and on defense. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's something. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> to be honest, like, yeah. um, what, like what are they doing over there? And then not only that, but get 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 some spine to that team too. You have you have somebody take a run at McDavid and try to hurt him, and nobody does a damn thing about it. It's pathetic, man. Yeah, what's Fogel yeah. doing? I mean, that's isn't that his job? So, uh, and then again, they get rid of Cassian. So, they, uh, that's that's one of the things you lose when you lose a tough guy like that. Uh, I would have to say one of mine is St. Louis Blues. You know, should I get off the pot? Uh, are you? Are they? Are they going? We're going to be talking about the Blues in a moment, by the way, everybody. But uh, are they going to challenge for the playoffs, or are they not? Because they got pieces they have to move. If that's the case. Can you guys believe this? Ryan O'Reilly is a minus 26. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, that's. It's very. I mean, I I, I don't put too much stock in the plus minus, but But I mean, that is that bad. That, yeah, yeah, that's that. That is. It's very uncharacteristic from a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Very uncharacteristic. Like, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. But when it's that bad, dude, dude, there's a red flag that has to go off somewhere. Like I say this all the time. It's an interpretive stat because let's say, I think one year Alexander Vetchin was like a minus 30, but most of his production was on the power play. And Hey, do, it, do you know who led the league in plus minus in the 2003, 2004 season? Oh no. Who? Barrett Malik. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he won the Bud Light plus minus award that year. I think it was wow. A plus 36 for Vancouver that year. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't say a whole lot when you know you're you're bordering towards being a plus or a minus or you're a plus five, whatever. You might just be on at the right times, right line mates. But when you're when Ryan O'Reilly is a minus twenty six, that's saying something. Something is not right. I don't know exactly what it is, but something is not right. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, give me give me one more each from for a different team and a different organization. Hmm. Um, how about the, how about the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers there? I think their resolution should be to be as bad as they could be because, um, that team can use, you know, well, anybody can use Connor Bedard, but they could really use him. Um, seems like they really don't have like a direction right now. You know, they got, you know, they, they kind of spend all this money on, on Tony D'Angelo, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen, um, you know, they obviously they lost Giroux last year. Couturier has mm-hmm. been hurt. You don't know what his future is going to be like. Um, you know, they really don't have any budding stars coming up. I mean, Farabee's Farabee looks like he's a good hockey player, you know. Um, Morgan Frost, Morgan Frost mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, they for a team that's in a market like them where the league benefits when they're a good team, um, they could really use a guy like Connor Bedard to help put them back on the map because right now to me they're just kind of they're just vanilla i mean they're just they they're bad um and there's not many like positive things in 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 philly right now um yeah. i don't think i mean listen every team in the national hockey league can use Connor bedard um but i think they could they could really use him and i would hate to see it being in the metropolitan division on the flyers but um they could really use him and I mean, all, hell, all the rumors of Matt Faye Mitchkoff dropping all the way to fourth because they because you have to wait to get him. 
you don't want to you don't want that kid to drop out because that kid's gonna be good. Uh, Phil, you got anything? You got another one, or you want to just move on to bar talk? Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I got I got one for not an NHL team, but I got one for a World Junior team. All right, absolutely. Go right ahead. Uh, team USA and Team Canada, get your shit together. <laughs> Like, what is this performance right here by U.S. being down 5-3 against Slovakia? And they just scored their third goal on a power play with the with the extra man on with the goalie pulled. Like, oh, wow. Is, so that's how late that game is right now. This is pathetic. By the way, we're going to be talking about What is that about? Well, that's who we're going to be talking about specifically. You know what? And, um, yeah, I'll – you know, I thought I had another one because but St. Louis is just going to be mine. How about uh, speaking out another team, getting your getting your shit together? Calgary Flames, like, are, can you guys listen to your coach? I mean, you got Dale uh, Daryl Sutter as your coach, and they're just I think he's another guy. Around. Where I think they, I, I think he's going to end up gone. I, I I I don't maybe not this season, but I think next season. I think there's a clash between him and Huberto, and I think the styles of play is killing Jonathan Huberto's game. I think he's going to be gone. It, it's amazing how that trade could be a lose-lose for both teams. And <laughs> and it seems like it was a win-win. And it still seems like it could be a win-win. Matt Kachuk has got 40 points. And the and the Panthers are nowhere to be found in the standings. The Panthers' problems are more just to, 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 to personnel. Like, they don't have the depth. They don't have the offense. And they just – but the, the Calgary Flames, all your pieces are there. Your pieces are, like, generally healthy. There's a schism between the players and the coach. You can just tell. They just don't – they don't seem to want to play his style of hockey, and his style of hockey is kind of holding down some guys that could really be doing a hell of a lot better. And it also doesn't help Jacob Markstrom. His save percentage is sub-900. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Jacob oh, Markstrom, horrible. get your shit together. And we, a lot of us <laughs> a lot of us pick the Flames to, to go all the way too. So, um, you know, right now it's not looking the best, but we'll, no. we'll have to see. Yeah, no. we could we could always play that uh that Rick and Morty thing that I got down below. All yeah. right, guys, if you got any um news resolutions for your hockey teams, throw it down in the comments below. We're gonna move on to our bar talk segment. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually gonna go crazy. I'm gonna buy everybody around on this one. Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? Or are you like, so-so, you just have a beer? Or, oh, dear God, I, I, I want a shot. That's that's all I want right now. Okay. So, by the way, I do have still a few more of the Big Apple Hockey trucker hats. Uh, you got the link below. You can always get some of those. And we're going to start with the New York Rangers and – they need to split up Panarin and Zabanajad, Mr. Filkowski. I'm gonna buy everybody around. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go layup. <laughs> lay it was a very layup question. Yeah, this is this is a layup. So yeah, um, buying around on this. I, I thought the experiment was interesting, but it just. And I get why why Gallant did it, but they need to be separated again. Um, and it just doesn't seem like Artemi Panarin is responding to anything. I, I don't know what it is with him. 
you know, for, for a guy that's as talented as he is and as dominant as he was his first two years as a Ranger, seems just, just like these last couple – like last year, 96 points is great, but like it, it was a very deceptive 96 points. You, you didn't mm-hmm. think that, you know, you wouldn't have thought the way that he played he scored 96 points. So, so something is um, – something needs to change with them, and this is part of it. Anthony. Round. Um I, you know, you see, you see coaches do it from time to time, but your best players, you know, Matthews and Marner together for a shift and dry side McDavid. But, um, so I, I get maybe why they did it, but I, I think, you know, they don't, they don't have terrible chemistry, but it's not the best either. I think they work better apart. Um, but again, I, I do get why Gallant did it. So, but uh, I think it's, it's time to break up the experiment and then hopefully Panarin, you know, Panarin's issue is as John was touching on, he, he puts up the points, but he leaves a lot to be desired in other areas uh, on the ice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's why it's, re- it's really no surprise after the playoffs that Drury was you know, rumored to not be happy with Panarin's performance. Cause he looks, he looks soft at times and he, like he, he disappears. So I, I, I get all that, but um but as far as this goes, yeah, I'm, I'm buying a round. Yeah, I'm going to buy a round on this one, too. And I'm also just going to just sum it up with a you got to extend your lineup. We talk about the Barkley Goudreau thing. This goes with Artemi Panarin, too. You can't just stack the lines and then hope it's going to work. It's just it doesn't. It, it doesn't work like that. Anthony, they there are. Oops, I'm on the wrong one. There's. Five New York Islanders right now out of the lineup. Uh, Pellick, Clutterbuck, Palmieri, Holmstrom, and Varlamov. Uh, <laughs> Islanders' depth is being tested right now. Hey, you forgot Oliver Wallstrom, too. He's not. Oh, he's yeah. Not well, because we had to add him to the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a round for sure. Uh, you know, it's guys that guys have come in and done an admiral job. You know, Hudson Fashing is honestly – Making making it clear that you know it could be time to eventually move on from Martin and, and or Clutterbuck because Fashing plays a similar game. He's younger, you know. He's chipped in a couple of goals, um, you know, and you know he looks like he's obviously got younger, fresher legs. But so he's been he's been okay, you know. Parker Wortherspoon ha- has been good since being called up. Um, you know, Simon Holmstrom was the points weren't there, but he was starting to, you know, he, he was comfortable in all three zones, and you know he did all the little things right in the ice, and he got hurt, but. You know, as more guys get hurt, you call up more guys from Bridgeport, and you know, yeah, they play the same system, but it's a totally different league. Uh, get some time getting you know used to, especially you know when you're talking about guys like you know a defenseman like Wartherspoon, you're trying to replace an Adam Pellick or replace minutes. It's it's really hard. So um, they need they need some of these guys back. You know, good thing good thing is Varlamov is skating, so you know, hopefully he'll be back, and they don't have to use Corey Schneider, even though he was the first goalie off the ice today, which. I don't understand using him in a game like this when you have days off after, but that's, that's topic for another day, but um, they need, they need to get these guys back. And, you know, it also shows that, um, you know, they do have some good depth, but when you start to get into a territory where you have that many injuries, even if you're good depth, um, it comes to a point where it's like, all right, well, who do I call up now? You know? So yeah, um, yeah they're doing the best they can, but they need to get healthy. Uh, I'm actually going to jump in. This is another layup question, but I'm going to buy around on this one as well. What's more shocking is the amount of organizational depth the Islanders have had. I mean, I thought it was just going to be uh, Ratu and uh, DeFore was their organizational depth. They got a lot of guys that are filling good roles. Like you brought up Fashing, you brought up um, 
Wotherspoon. Uh, you know what? It's and, and that's what the Islanders. That's what the Islanders have been doing well the last few years. If they need to plug some money in, they plug them in, and it would end up succeeding. So, yeah, I got to buy around on that Filk. Lay up. <laughs> Lay up. I need to make the graphic. I was unfortunately working too much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another layup. Um, when you have this many injuries and you're still getting production for players, it's it's just a testament to the depth that you actually have. And, and while it's not great high end depth with maybe incredible ceilings or anything like that, it's getting the job done. And that's really what's most important is you get the job done. You get the guys that come in. Talk about. You know what's funny? I didn't even know Hudson Fashing signed with the Islanders before <laughs> he started. And I saw him playing a game. I was like, when did he end up with the Islanders? It was like a couple of months ago, I think. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. But, I mean, he's been a serviceable fourth liner for them. What more What more could you ask for out of a signing like that? I mean, it, it's a, it's a, a no-risk, you know, medium-reward signing, and it's it's been rewarding. Um. I mean, Watherspoon's come up and he's played like surprisingly well for them. And I didn't think that he would be anything at the NHL level, but I mean, he might have just played himself into a, a new deal somewhere else. Um, I'm not sure what his contract status is after this year, but I mean, if he's a free agent or he's a restricted free agent, the Islanders don't want to resign him. You know, he could have he could just get moved for something, or he could sign a new deal if he's a free agent with somebody else, and someone will give him a shot. So um, good on the Islanders for having the depth to be able to sustain or uh, kind of deal with these injuries, I guess. Um, We'll see how long it goes and we'll see how well they play, but they they definitely need their guys back. By the way, Parker Wotherspoon is an RFA. He's on an, I think he's on an Eels. No, it's not an Eels. My guy. No, they they just re-signed him this year, but I think it was only one year that they re-signed him to. So, but he's still an RFA though. That's the good news for the Islanders. Looking ahead to other teams in the Metro, one that's currently on a nine-game heater, guys. Carolina Hurricanes, nine zero and one in their last ten. And yes, as I mentioned, the nine-game winning streak. Nobody is catching the Carolina Hurricanes. Filk. I'm going to say beer just because, I mean, it's probably going to be really tough to do it, but um, they're firing on all cylinders. They're just getting the production that they need up and down the lineup. Uh, Brent Burns has been surprisingly better defensively than I thought he would be. Uh, the goaltending has actually been good for them because uh, Piotr Kochekov has, uh, or Kochekov rather, has been really um, the guy that, you know, they, they drafted him to be in 2019. Everybody, everybody thought Carolina killed that 2019 draft, and they did. And they've gotten some real good players out of this. And he's been a big time impact player for them in net this year. So um, Carolina has had they're one of their Achilles heels has been goaltending. Um, you saw it last year in the playoffs against the Rangers. They, you know, Anderson was down, Ronta was in, Ronta wasn't able to do it. Now you got Kachekov. Gee, another friggin' Russian goalie coming up. And and so the I, guy that took over at the KHL. For Sisterkin. For Igor Sisterkin, yeah. So, I mean, you got guys coming from these, you know, Dynamo Moscow, SK, St. Petersburg, uh, CSKA, you know, and they're they're all coming in and they're playing well in net. And Carolina, I think, finally figured out what they have to do in net. I think if Carolina goes and gets a defenseman at the deadline, they're, they're one of the, the three biggest threats in the league probably for the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. this year. Anthony. You know, 
Um, I was going to round, but then I thought like early in the year, we, we kind of said the same thing about the Devils, how so far away. And now look at them. They're within arm's reach of pretty much anybody. Um, and they're so, coming up next. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go beer. You know, they have 52 points. Um, you know, so they, they got a nice little cushion, uh, above, you know, the rest of the teams in the Metro, but, you know, again, in this league, we've seen, you know, you can, you know, you can lose maybe three in a row and, you know, a team like the Penguins or Islanders or, you know, Devils, Rangers, you know, rattle off four in a row. And then all of a sudden, you know, that gap is a lot smaller. So it's, it's not impossible. Um, but I will say, I think the Hurricanes are the class of the division. Um, John mentioned Kachekov. Uh, hell, I mean, they, they shut out Chicago yesterday. It was Ranta that got the shutout. So, you know, he, he you know, he's a serviceable backup. Um, and they got, you know, they got high-end guys. You know, Marty Newcash is having a career year. Just, Obviously, you got guys Svechnikov, you know, Aho, Karavainen, <laughs> Stahl, Seth Jarvis. Uh, and that's not including Max Pacioretty, who hasn't played at all this season, who's going to be coming back at some point. So, And by the way, he, that's what Bailey yeah. just brought up right here. Yeah. The ice cream man, Max Pacioretty. If you haven't seen that, that's a great video. Uh, you look that up about him dropping off ice cream to a young fan. I gotta agree with you guys. I want to say I want to say round, but I have to go beer. And because what's the one thing we learned about the Metropolitan Division? Holy shit, is everybody streaky? Because <laughs> I mean, there's the guys go on streaks and then like then they stop, they, they they go cold and then they get hot again. So who knows? Pittsburgh Penguins could get hot again. The Rangers could get hot again. I don't think the devil's getting hot again. That's a different story. We're about to get into that. So, uh, as a matter of fact, let's do that. The New Jersey Devils are going through a tough stretch, and they are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. They have 46 points. They're only four points ahead of the Islanders for sixth place. The New Jersey Devils will be out of playoff position, uh, will soon be out of playoff position. And you know what? I'll start it, guys. I'm going to buy everybody around on this. I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for a team that won 21 in their first 25. They're going to, they're going to be fall. They're, they're, I used it before. I'll use it again. They're dropping like Hans Gruger out of Nakatomi Plaza. It is something of, uh, that's a bit of a mystery to me for how good they've been, but I don't think they should have, they were never that good. And they were never, they were, they're not this bad, but this division is so good. You can't go on a streak like this and, and hope to succeed. Anthony. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a round. Um, you know, listen, they're they got they got they got the Bruins tonight, right? Um, that's another that's another game they could easily lose. Um, yeah, guys, Vitek Vanacek, the Devil fans were talking about all early in the year. Why isn't he being talked about? And you know, Vesna Trophy candidate and whatnot. You guys got a 909 save percentage now. Um, so Mackenzie Blackwood just came back from injury, and you know, he's he's not good either. I mean, let's let's just call it like it is now. At this point, everyone thought maybe he can, you know, elevate his game into where he's considered one of the better young goalies in the league, but it, it's not happening with him. Um, and they're just they're just free falling right now. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that for sure they're going to miss the playoffs and you know they're they're done, but I do think they are going to drop out in the next week or two. It's totally feasible. You know, the Islanders, Penguins, Rangers are all Capitals, all right there, are all right there behind them and playing better hockey. So. I, I almost think it's inevitable, um, but regardless, even if they do, they're not going to go away. They're still going to, you know, make us look back and be like, shit, those devils are still lingering. So, oh yeah, uh, but I, but for this round, round, easy. Yeah. Phil, I'm going to say beer. Um, I, I just think that 
They are free falling. Um, getting Andre Palat back would help them big time. Um, I just don't think he's going to be the answer that they need to keep them in, in playoff contention. Or, I mean, a playoff position, I should say. I, I just, I, I think they're eventually going to be out of the playoffs. Like at, at one point, I, I just don't know if it's soon. Um, I'm not sold on their defense. I was never sold on their defense. I'm not sold on their their goaltending. Their their goaltending is just. Vanacek was never that good. Vanacek was playing well, but he was never that good. Um, it's just a matter of now, can the Devils refine whatever it is that they had earlier on in the season, and and just get towards some sort of consistent level of play. It just if you watch their play lately, it, it just there's not a lot there. It's not a lot there. It, it's I, I don't understand where that effort level went. You know, they they were a high up tempo team that pressed a lot, kept defenses in their own zones. Um, they played a lot like Carolina played last year, and we all thought the Rangers were going to have major problems with Carolina because of that. Devils were doing that to a lot of teams earlier on, and now it's not there. And they have a young, young team. And this is an inexperienced group that doesn't know how to deal with this type of adversity after winning. And that's going to be a big, big obstacle to this team. So uh, I I think it's going to happen. I just don't know if I agree with the word soon. So I'm going to say beer. All right. Well, going over to two teams in the Western Conference, the St. Louis Blues are at 35 points. 5-2-3 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. They're five points out of the playoffs right now behind Calgary. And, well, that's out of the playoffs as well. But also Edmonton that's holding on to the last spot. St. Louis Blues will make the playoffs. John. I'm going to say shot. I, 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 I was on this team so long. I was on their bandwagon that they were turning around. But it, it, another team that something's just not clicking and they have the pieces. So it's so frustrating and they have the coach. Um, The biggest thing that I see with St. Louis is their goaltending is just not there. It's not there. No matter who's in net for them, they should have kept Huso. I know it would have been hard to get rid of Bennington because nobody wants that contract for a goaltender who's just really not that good and has crazy attitude problems. Um, His shtick has really worn over, the entire league. I mean, he's shoved players on many different teams. Um, the incident with the Islanders was, again, another classic uh, act from Bennington. He's a sore loser, and nobody wants to deal with him. So, but I, I think he's as big of a problem as, as that team has, and they just do not have the goaltending. I don't trust their goaltending. I like the makeup of the team otherwise, but. I, I think there needs to be a big change there, and I think next year they'll probably be back. So I'm going to say no. This is a shot. Uh, I got I to gotta agree with you on that. And, Anthony, I'm going to jump in right now. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say shot, too. I have Jordan Bennington in fantasy. He is a nightmare every single time I ever look at my lineup. And the other thing is he, he's basically their biggest problem. They're now having health problems because Tory Krug is going to be out for six weeks. Yeah. And you have the pending – a UFA uh, contract of Vladimir Tarasenko, who already asked for a trade twice and still has the trade request out there. This is not going to, it's no, the, the, the blues, the blues need to change things up. This is a rare time where I'm going to say, you know what? You don't have to trade a Ryan O'Reilly. You don't have to fire your coach. You need to get rid of your goaltender. He's, he's just 
He's awful. He's awful. I mean, play Thomas Grice the rest of the season. Yeah, Biddington sucks until the playoffs, and then, or they get the or it, until even until March, like last year in March, he was really good, but, and then he was good in the playoffs. And the funny part about them is, I think losing Biddington is the reason why they lost to Colorado. Explain that logic to me, but I think that's still right, Anthony. Yeah, um, it's only five points that they're behind the Oilers, and you know the Oilers and Flames. Uh, and Canucks who are ahead of them have their own set of issues. So it's not it's not insurmountable, but I'm going to say shot just because of you mentioned the goaltending. Um, I don't think the goaltending is strong enough to make up those extra points against those teams. Um, you know, if they had if they had a good goaltender that was giving them even like a safe percentage of, you know, 915, I would say there's a lot better of a chance. But um, with the combination of Bennington and Grice, I, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, I just. Unbelievable. And speaking about the Vancouver Canucks, they are seven and three in their last 10. They're only five points out of the playoffs. Anthony, the Canucks will make the playoffs. This one, this one, I'll go beer. Cause I, you know, I have much more faith in Thatcher Demko than I do in Bennington um, or Grice. Once he's healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, the Canucks, they, they, they do have a lot of good pieces, you know, Elias Pettersson, um, is having a really good year. Bo Horvat's having a fantastic year. Um, you know, they're getting really good production from Kuzmenko. Actually, his, his production is along the lines of, like, Panarin's production in his first year in the NHL. So he's been a good find. Um, you know, JT Miller, not setting the world on fire. Brock Besser, but they're still good offensive players. So, um, you know, if they can get some good goaltending, you know, and go on a little bit of a run, it's, it's not crazy that they could put some pressure on the Oilers there. Uh, and the flames for that for that last spot but um you know again they do still have their issues with their inconsistency uh so that's why i'm not going round but i i like their chances better than the blues so i'll say beer phil i'm gonna say shot um they're just not getting the production from some of the guys that they should be getting production from Quinn hughes is 29 points in 30 games which is phenomenal but you know how many goals he has? One. One. Wow. Yeah. One. Um, wow. And, and I, I know I shouldn't be nitpicking that, but I, I think it's kind of a microcosm of what's going on with their season. Pedersen's back. Pedersen's having the best year of his career. Bo Horvat, obviously, we've talked about Horvat. He's cooled down a little bit, but he's still got 26 goals in 34 games. Anthony talked about Kuzmenko before. Um, JT Miller is exactly what I thought JT Miller was going to go back to. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Besser having a decent year. Garland is meh. I mean, they need more from guys like Garland. Ilya Mikheyev has been a surprise for them, but their defense is just not good. And for yeah. all that Quinn Hughes is offensively, he lacks everything else defensively. He is, he is your, your Paul Coffey type guy where you're getting all offense from him and you're not going to get defense. So um, they need something. Tyler Myers needs to never play in the NHL again because he's just dreadful. I don't. I don't know how he's a plus seven. I really don't. Is that that's when plus minus can really get deceptive? But these guys have just their defense corpse is really a maligned one. And Thatcher Demko, I mean, he's good, but I, I really don't know if I trust him to that extent anymore. 883 state percentage. That's disgusting. Spencer Martin, really? Spencer Martin's leading you in game play? That, he's not good enough. He's not yeah. Good. 
So and, I'm taking shot. And you know what? I'm going to say shot too for also a different reason because we mentioned Bo Horvat's production. He's been incredible. Problem he's is, Bo awesome. Horvat's contract is coming up as well. They're going to have to make a decision on him. You were mentioning Tyler Myers. They're going to have to make a decision on him because I believe his contract is coming up as well. Um, and uh, I should look that up and make sure that I was, I was right on that. JT Miller's falling back to earth, even though I think Bruce Boudreaux could coach this team up and that they could actually uh, make it. The question is, they got to sell up pieces at the end. That's that's really difficult. And you still have Calgary, who's ahead of them. I have more faith in, in Vancouver than I do, again, uh, with the St. Louis. Myers has a year left after this. Oh, oh that's even worse. Yep. So, but he's also a guy that you always get. But By the way, one of the guys that's ahead of them is, or one of the teams, the Edmonton Oilers. And Connor McDavid, in December, boys, 13 goals, 13 assists. He does have a minus one rating. This is where they are right now. They're the Edmonton Oilers are at wild card two, 40 points, one point ahead of Calgary for being out of the playoffs. Connor McDavid is running away with the hard trophy. Filk, this is always your beat, Connor McDavid. I mean, as of right now, I, I, I gotta say, round. Uh, I mean, he's he's on pace for the first 150 point season since 1996 when Mario Lemieux and uh had 160. 161 points, I think, that year. Um, but, I mean, he's doing everything possible. Uh, he's scoring at almost two-point-per-game pace. He's on pace for over 70 goals, which would would be the first 70-goal season since 1993. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I definitely believe that 60 is more than enough. He, he might be the first guy in probably since Lemieux in 96, again, to lead the league in goals, assists, and points, mm-hmm. and and do so by a fair, fair margin. So, um, yeah, I, I I think that McDavid is definitely the runaway because the only thing that's going to stop him from winning it is Edmonton not making the playoffs, which is very likely. Anthony, yeah, I'm gonna go around. Um, leads in goals, leads in points. He's tied for the lead in, in assists. Um, you know, and if you take away Dreisaitl, who's second with 57 points, he's got a 10-point lead over. Being that he plays with them, the next the next player in the league that's not on his team that's closest to him is 16 points away from him, and that's Jason Robertson. So he, he's he's blowing away all, all of his peers. Um, you know, he's really having what could shape up to be a historic year. Like Phil mentioned, the only thing is if the Oilers miss the playoffs, that's really the only thing that could stand in his way. Because um, what I mean, what other player right now could you realistically say um, should deserve the heart more than him? I mean, we've talked about Jason Robertson before. Don't be wrong; he's he's having he has hell, he's having a hell of a mm-hmm. year. Um, but still, I mean, is it enough to unseat a guy like what McDavid? What he's doing? I don't. I don't think so. So. Um, yeah, this is this is a round for me. You guys, I hate to be the outlier, but I'm going to go beer. And it's because this team is very likely going to miss the playoffs because they're goaltending. And there is the old saying of when Ralph Kiner went in for negotiations for a new contract, we finished in the last place with you. We finished in the last, we can finish in the last place without you. So uh, this is 
this is almost unprecedented. And the other thing I always have to talk about with this is, yes, everything Connor McDavid's doing is great, but number two in scoring is Leon Dreisaitl. So if it was like Leon Dreisaitl was somewhere, if, if there was like the gap that was between uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello like there was last year, then I might be in on this. I'm just not they're, 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 I think the Edmonton Oilers might miss the playoffs. I really do at the moment because I have more faith Calgary turning it around than Edmonton suddenly finding goaltending. Like that's, I just don't think that's going to happen. And it's amazing what Connor McDavid's doing. 26 points last month. He has more points than Patrick Kane this season to put this also in perspective. There are many teams where he'd finish second in team scoring right now, just from the month for the entire year for the other teams. Like Patrice Bergeron's got 28 points. He's second on the Bruins. They, McDavid would be two behind him just this month. So it's it's fascinating just even thinking about him like that. But it's I, I, I just don't have any faith in the Oilers. Guys, I got to bring up another name you guys know I love to hear about and love to talk about. And Anthony's already smiling about it. But Jacob Chikrin is back. He's got 16 points in seven games. He's got a $4.6 million cap hit until 2025. Philk, Jacob Chikrin is raising his trade value. Go ahead. It's not 16, it's not 16 points in seven games. That would be ridiculous. It's no. 16 points in 17 games. 17 games. Oh, 17 but, games. Oh, but my still, bad. I mean, it's still amazing. sound right about that number. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought it was a misprint before, but whatever. Yeah. You know um, what? We, we, we had a cameo today. Now we had our first uh, mistake. So there we go. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll buy a beer on this. Um, it's a small sample size. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily raising his trade value as opposed to, you know, just keeping it where it was though. Cause I don't, I don't think he can raise it really. Um, he would need another year, like a full year, like he had in 2021. So I don't know. I don't know if he's raising it, but I think he's keeping it where it was. So I'm going to say beer. Anthony. Um, I'll go, I'll go beer. I mean, it is impressive that, you know, he missed that whole chunk of the season. He's come back. And since he's been back, he's almost, been at a point per game uh, pace, and a lot of teams were were waiting to see how if he'd be healthy after he returned. And um, you know, he's he's showing that he's he's playing at a pretty high level right now. So I think I think team, I think teams do see that uh, you know that he's healthy and that he's the defenseman that they think he could be that they would be getting if they acquire. So um, I mean, I, I still think the the Coyotes are foolish if they're really gonna you know keep steadfast on him wanting you know two first round picks for him. Um, and maybe that's the reason why he hasn't been traded yet. But um, he, he's he is playing some real good hockey on a on a bad team, um, and I think he is going to be very sought after at the trade deadline. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of teams could plug him in on the left side and use him for their playoff push. So um, I'll go beer, um, but I, I will say I do think teams are going will say, okay, well, you know, he's healthy. Maybe maybe we'll pay close to what Arizona wants. So. We'll see. Well, I got to say, I'm going to agree with Phil, and I'm also going to say shot for it because I think it's more that he's actually holding what his trade value already is. 
he is proving that he's worth what the Coyotes asking price could be because his real thing, my goodness, that cap hit 4.6 million that, that teams would jump at that to get a power play quarterback and a top four defenseman for the playoff run. And then you get him for two more years. By the way, the Coyotes also have Shane Gauss's bear at a similar cap hit, and he's going to be uh, a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, I think he's actually going to be a UFA. I'm going to double check that in a second. But so Gauss's bear and him, they, you could trade both pieces off and completely uh, just get assets to, to build for the future, which let's be honest, that's Gauss what they want to do. Yeah, is a UFA to be. Yeah, he, he is a UFA. So even though I think Gosses Bear should resign with Arizona because he, he really found a home there, uh, I, I thought that kid was going to be dominant with the, the Philadelphia Flyers, and it wasn't meant to be. But, you know, it's I, – I, I, I look at Chikrin, and I just go, make this trade finally happen. I'm tired of hearing his name. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll go back to the Jack Eichel rumors <laughs> for, before this. So, all right. But, again, Chikrin's value is still the same. And, it's, and he's still locked up for two more years. He just proved that that injury, he could shake it off, get back on the ice. Speaking about what happened on the ice, I was shocked when I saw this, guys. But Czechia has two wins in the tourney, 5-2 over Canada and 9 nothing over Austria, where the goalie had eight saves in that whopping shutout. Wow. That's like soccer numbers. Anthony, Czechia is back as a world power. Um, I'll go, I'll go beer. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can go just strictly by, you know, the world juniors so far. Um, I think you also got to take a larger, a larger scope at it and look at it from, you know, the Olympics point of view or, or world cup when NHL players are, are playing again. Um, you know, and you, and you look at the guys who would represent them, like, you know, David Pasternak, um, you know, David Krejci, but he's older now. So I highly doubt he would appear again, but, um, I, they're not, they're not exactly stacked full of, you know, NHL talent, um, when it comes to, you know, players playing for them, um, you know, in competitions like the Olympics and, you know, world cup, I think they're going to do in 2024, 2025. Um, I think there are many countries, uh, ahead of them in that regards in terms of depth, but yeah, I mean, right now at the world junior, they're, they're playing well, but I, I wouldn't sit there and say, okay, well, they're back as a hockey world power just because of it. So beer. Phil, what do you think? Uh, I I want to say beer, but I also want to say shot because it's just one game. It, it, it's I'm not I'm not really concerned about a nine nothing shutout over Austria. I'm really not. Like, it, it means nothing to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just I, I'm I'm gonna say shot. It just the five two win is an upset, but I, I, I'm gonna say shot because. Canada and USA have both been extremely disappointing so far in this corner. Extremely disappointing. For two powers that you expect to be in the gold medal game, they've just not been really all that good. Canada is only up uh, 2-1 right now in Germany. They just got another power play goal. But um, I, I don't I don't really care um, for either of these two teams right now. I, I, I think they're both very flawed and they're not playing well. And they both need to find another level. The Czechs took advantage of it, and good for them. So I'm, I'm saying shot. Uh, I'll say beer. I, I do like it that uh, Czechia, or the former Czech Republic, as they were called, is starting to really start produce players again. Because uh, let's also not forget David Pasternak, 
check. Um, and that they're looking a lot better. It's just, you know, they've been so dormant for so long. It's nice to see them really start getting some players in. And speaking about one check, I would like to see play better as Filipino, but that's a different story. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like where they're going with it. You, you're going to have to show more than that. But the eye-opener was, and I'll go back to you with this, Philk, was the 5-2 win over Canada, was that the Czechs or was that the Canadians that were responsible for that win? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say 75-25 Canada. Um, okay. Ben Gaudreau was just not good in that game. And I, 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 I know that a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to say, oh, well, you can't, you know, the, the team didn't play as well. But Ben Gaudreau did not give them a chance to win that game the way that he played. And, I mean, Milic isn't playing great in this game either. I mean, he let it the, – the, the Germany goal is soft, extremely soft. It's a shot from far out that squeaked in. Um, so Canada is just not getting the goaltending. And, and I think that they are just thinking that they're going to walk all over these teams. And these teams are not letting them do that this year. So um, uh, it, uh, it's more so Canada than it was the Czechs. By the way, once again, everybody, make sure you appease the YouTube gods and leave us a like and also subscribe to the channel. Uh, and check out Manscaped. Yeah. Also, <laughs> always check out Manscaped where you can use the promo code BAH. Uh, that I do know that they're having an end of the year sale. Go check on that. I've been getting emails about it constantly. And uh, again, that that uh, cleaning brush that they, I don't know what even to call it at the moment. I forgot what it's called. That thing is great, especially for your hockey bags. Throw it in there, and then you don't have to worry about germ-filled loofahs when you're taking a shower after a game, which uh, I hate rinks that don't have showers, guys. It just drives me crazy. And I'm smelling like I'm uh, just awful. And I'm just yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like to smell myself after that. So, all right, uh, guys, that was the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink, and uh, always. Thanks for commenting with us and also playing around and a little bit of a uh, Justin Chikrin that was in there as well. So guys, uh, news and notes, what do we got around the league right now? Uh, <coughs> all right. Bless you. Um, not much right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, the rot, the roster freeze, uh, ends, you know, end tonight, I believe, or, or last night. Um, but again, still, you know, still really early. Nothing, nothing really of note going on. Now, as I mentioned uh, last week or week before, there's so many teams that are close to the, the salary cap right now that um, the feeling is a lot of the trades that are going to be done are going to be, you know, close or on the deadline itself. But I don't really anticipate too many, you know, early trades. Um, you know, again, maybe, maybe not until end of January, early February, till you start to hear some more intense chatter. But uh, so yeah, in that in that regard, not many um, not many uh, news and notes to really to really mention. I, I did see before he went on air though that uh, the Maple Leafs got fined. The organization got fined a hundred thousand dollars for violating yeah, for like, on a holiday day. Yeah, the, tra- the travel rules for when they went to St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they went they went too early. But um, I yeah. mean, if, I, I I honestly I don't have a problem with it unless the play unless the players did not consent to it. If the players consented to it. I, I don't see a big deal about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if yeah, they want to get in early so they have the extra rest, 
more power to them. But did that give them a competitive advantage over the Blues, who might not have had guys travel on the holiday day? If they're the home team, then that doesn't – that shouldn't really be the case, though. Well, I mean, some some guys might go back home. Like, uh, I think – I think uh, – was it – Brian Boyle used to go back home, I think, for Christmas in Boston. So no, he would go over to New York. That's like four hours. Yeah, true. I'm just spitballing on it. That's the only thing. Uh, <laughs> let's take some of your questions. What do you guys got that you want to ask questions on? Uh, hmm. I, I like this comment. At least the NHL is standing up for what's important, not player safety, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, look, and and I know George Paris is like the nicest guy in the world. Uh, he absolutely from, sucks at his job. But my, man, I, I I am constantly critical of this. Because as far as Department of Player Safety goes, I understand, and I got to ask this question sometimes, and again, uh, Statboy Boy Steven would would be able to correct us on this because he knows the CBA backwards and forwards. But if, unless he's hamstrung by the CBA, that's one thing. But you got to do broken windows. You got to take care of the minor offenses to make sure you don't get the bigger offenses in there. Because the fact that you had guys that are, that, that right now, Tom Wilson's ready to come back. He's able to body slam somebody and then be not considered a repeat offender. How is Tom Wilson not a repeat offender? Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that, that's just bad. Is a question for you guys? Yeah, I like this question. Um, I mean, we kind of talked about it before. It just you, – you need to understand that, one, development is not linear, and two, you can't just bench kids every time that they make a mistake. They go out there afraid to make mistakes at that point. It's not how you develop kids. Galand is definitely on the hot seat, and you can tell because he's doing the same thing that Quinn did. Every time that the, one of the kids made a mistake, there was a problem with it, and mm -hmm. there was a demotion because of it. And only coaches that are desperate and on the hot seat do things like that. When you talk about development, you say, and you come in, and one of your first things is like, well, these kids are going to get ice time. They're going to get chances to develop they're gonna, and learn and grow. And you're doing the exact opposite of it. It means that more than likely he's on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. And again, that's, that's something that you gotta like, like what was he getting punished for? Like, was it last night? Did he get hit with Heedle's shot in that little flurry that was in front of the net? Because the guy was driving to the net. He was doing all the things you want a kid to do. And he got taken down. And 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 he's getting he's getting benched for Julian Gauthier? Julian Gauthier, if he's not streaking up the ice, he's absolutely useless to the New York Rangers. Put that in the books, every Ranger fan that thinks this guy is the second coming. This uh, I know many fans that think he's the second coming, but, I mean, he doesn't give you a ton to his game. I mean, he's been... He's been an okay fourth liner. Um, I would definitely take him over garbage like Blay at this point. Well, and, and not saying whatnot. much. But that, again, <laughs> bar is low. Really not saying much. Rick, um, Rick says Blaine Kako and Lafay Galanis played the kids in Florida and Las Vegas. And I mean, some of some of this some of this is right though. Yeah, you, yes, Galan is partially to blame. But you know, this is now what the third and fourth years. In Vegas. What? What kids in Vegas? I don't know who he could be referring to. Um, that, that's what I want to I mean, know. If you're talking about March or so, and, yeah, they're not kids. 
What what kids in Vegas? Marsha So, Riley Smith, not kids. Yeah, not Who? kids. Shay Theodore. Not really. He didn't play Cody one. Glass. I know that. He didn't play Cody Glass. <laughs> they had um, Brandon traded away. And the kids that he played in Florida, he had to play them. They were his best players. He's got options on the Rangers. And that's the thing. You, all coaches will always go to the veterans first. But this is a job where you have to balance out the kids. It's just facts. Carlson was not a kid, David Wood. Uh, I, 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 J, <laughs> Wild Bill William Carlson? I, I, I would, yeah, not a kid, buddy. Yeah, that was his second stop. He was uh, he was sent to He's them. He's been in the league since 2015, my friend. Yeah. And uh, a kid in Vegas. What I was saying, aside from what he said about Gallant playing the kids in Florida and Vegas, you also have to put also some blame on Kako and Lafreniere as they yet they haven't set the world on fire. So, yes, Gallant is the blame, but they also haven't lived up to their expectations yet. But here's the problem you you look at guys like Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider and all those guys in Detroit. And I'm going to take Moritz Sider out of the equation there, actually, because another one best player he had to be played there it was a no-brainer you, you if you didn't you were stupid but here here's the thing if you don't give these guys the ample opportunities and optimize the you know the ability to be able to produce then you're not going to get that you're not going to get that playing third line minutes with power play two ice time when power play two ice time gets 25 seconds per per unit or per uh for appearance. And it sounds, like, it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, Phil, but the Rangers have, I believe, I, I saw the stat the other day. I think it's five guys in the top 15 on power play ice time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> at, you can't have five. You want to have one like Alexander Ovechkin? You want to make Art Evanier the only guy? No. There's, and there's Gauthier, one of those. There's one so, of those comments Mark was referring to before. Right. Rich, no, Richie, I'm sorry. happening. No, it's we can't. You can't abandon Alexei Lafreniere, who's more. First off, he's more of a complete player than than Gauthier is. But Gauthier is also against fourth line matchups, and he's he, he other 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 than the rush. What is he good at? He's not good when the play breaks down. He's not really good defensively. He's not physical enough. I mean, uh, he's got some pretty goals. All right, fine. He had the goal against uh, Sorokin, and uh, great. That was great. But, you know, no, no, Gauthier's not the answer. If he's the answer, then then Barkley Goudreau goes up. And in and and this comment, too. Okay, so, yes, he almost got no playing time. No, he's got the same – if you look at his time on ice, he's get he got in Columbus the same amount of ice time that Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere got. Let's go over these numbers. 2016, 2015, 2016. 14 minutes and 28 seconds. 2016, 2017, 13 minutes and 23 seconds. And then he goes to Las Vegas and he hasn't averaged anything less than 1748 per game. His first five years in Vegas, over 18 minutes per game. You need to give these guys time. It's not, a, you know what? At this point, when there's this many players that are coming in and they're having an issue, at what point is it a boy that cried wolf situation and you blame the organization? That's the conversation that we've had 
several times in the past. And I, I can't believe we're beating this again because it's just we've gone over it ad nauseum. But if you're not going to give these kids time, they're not going to develop. And if you're going to quin them, as I'm going to call it from now on, because that's what he did. If you're going to quin them, then this is what's going to happen. I, it, I have a much nastier name for it, Phil. Mucklering. Well, Muckler, Muckler basically flat out ruined Manny Nahoja's confidence. Yeah, this guy is going to be nothing more than a third line. Yeah, he basically yeah. crapped on Manny Nahoja and, and said he was crap. But yeah. I mean, they, not that Gallant or Quinn did either that, but mucklering is, a, is like the most extreme version of it. And who do you always play ahead of him? John McLean. Really? Like, yeah, a guy who was, you know, pretty much at the end of his rope at that point. I, I never understood that, but okay. And he still, he, you know what, credit to McLean. He put up numbers, but come on. He was he was playing half of the New York Rangers in a forgettable part of his history. Playing half of his games with Wayne Gretzky at that time. John McLean and Nicholas Sundstrom and Wayne Gretzky put up 93 points his second to last season. That's uh, why he's no. the greatest of all time. 90. 90, sorry. 93 was yeah, the year right the league in assists that year, too, playing with Sundstrom and uh, McLean. Yeah. Kovalev at the end. But, yeah, and, and again, Goche's better this year. I agree with you on that, Dave. It's just I'm, I'm not – like, I, I'm not elevating this guy. I'm not. you got to keep the eye on the prize. you got to develop – there's three guys you have to – there's four guys, actually, as far as the forwards go, you have to develop. is the entire kid line and, and Kratzoff. Because Kratzoff, you got to figure out what you're doing because he's an RFA at the end of the year. So, well, I mean, what well, well, I'll say this, regardless of whose fault it is, the coaching or, or the player itself, if if the season ends this year and Kako has similar production we had last year, well, the last so far he's been in the league, which is 23, 17, 18, he's got 15 points this year. Mm. He finishes the year with, you know, 24 points or whatever, 27 points or however many points he gets. And the Rangers work either miss the playoffs or go out or just go out in the first round and, and felt like they didn't need expectations. I can guarantee you at that point, when it comes to maybe shaking things up, he, the Rangers absolutely put him on the table when it comes to making a big trade to change things for the following year. I, I agree with you on that. Go yeah, I do agree with you there. If, if the right name comes along, but it's got to be somebody that's young. It, it can't be somebody that's, you know, on the wrong side of 30, uh, no, 29 yeah. years old, something like that. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be somebody that's unexpectedly available, that's young, that has a very high ceiling, that's almost already there. So, Yeah, I agree. They're not going to trade him for a 30-year-old. But if that situation plays out, I think he would be on the table in a hockey type of trade to shake things up because – I feel like at that point they're going to feel like they need to do something to elevate themselves to the next level. I just think that's a massive mistake too, because you can just see at times when these kids get the chances that they that they do play well, but you you can't you can't have them going out there skating on eggshells, and that that's what these kids have been doing because every time that they make a mistake, it's you know bench demotion, <laughs> but you have guys like Sammy Blay running around make, making tons of mistakes. <laughs> Stupid penalties left and right, and it, there's there's no repercussion for what he did. Or or if Temi Panera can go around making these stupid, dumb drop passes to the middle of the ice, turnover, other way, goal, nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens to him. It, it, it's 
it, it just it's it's disgusting, and players get tired of it. And you know what? I, I I just saw an interview the other day, or I actually just heard a clip, and it was Craig Janney talking about um, his bad experience with Mike Keenan in St. Louis when Mike Keenan came in, and he like benched him like the first game of the season, which he was not happy about at all, and he was playing well, but. He wasn't the player that Keenan wanted him to be. Keenan wanted him to shoot more, wanted to be gritty and everything. And Craig Janney was not that type of player. He was a playmaker. He was a guy that would, you know, get the puck to other people. He wasn't, you know, somebody that was going in and mucking like a like a Craig McTavish was. And he got tired of it. And eventually it got to the point where, you know what, that whole yelling and demotion, you know, nonsense, it works for so long. But eventually players get tired of it. And they want to move on. And Craig Janney basically told Keenan, you know, they, they, they he wanted, you know, Keenan wanted him to do like a bag skate. And Keenan was like, no. All right. Janney was like, no. He was like, I'm out. I was like, I'm going to stay home. And Keenan tried to call him and get him back. And he said, no, like the players wouldn't respect me at this point. You tell me when you have a deal for me and I'll, I'll report to wherever you trade me to. And that ended up let, uh, leading him to get traded to San Jose later on that year. So um, you, you can't, you can't continue to do this to players. It's the point. They're eventually just not going to respond and it's going to end up losing a top down talent and they're going to go develop somewhere else. And you're going to be left kicking yourself. And it, this cannot happen. This organization has to start taking some accountability for what they're doing wrong and making changes because what they're doing has not worked and still is not working. I mean, one of the guys I'll point to is Alexei Kovalev. And the Rangers got a – oh, hold on a second. Alexa, shut up. Anyway, the, uh, um, but Kovalev had an all right first season. Then Keenan comes in. They win the Cup in 94. He's electrifying in the playoffs. Keenan leaves. Campbell comes in. He's good, not great in the two years he's still very good i mean i'm not taking away from that the rangers move him to pittsburgh eventually he explodes in pittsburgh and then comes back to the rangers and is back to 20 25 goals okay i mean he had a 40 goal season in pittsburgh oh it's a couple of arguing a hall of famer and most of his best years of his career were away from the derrick rangers the, the interesting thing with Kovalov was was that you just saw how well he played with Messier and Graves, and they just never kept him with Messier and Graves. Mm-hmm. And Verbeek came along in 95, and they played Verbeek with Messier and Graves, and that line was very well. Uh, and Verbeek had 40-40-80 season in 96, playing with Messier, who should have been one of the oldest players in NHL history to score 100 goals. Uh, 100 goals, 100 points. Yeah. That season in '96, for uh, when he took that knee from Kovalev in Detroit towards the end of the year, but Kovalov should have stayed with Messier and Graves, and you would have gotten more out of Kovalov. So um, again, it's another instance of this team not being able to develop talents, and they at forward talents, I should say. And no, you know what? No, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm tired of this. Give this guy a few more months. No, it's it's not about him not having the speed. It's the effort. It's the dumb penalties. And it's the complacency that he plays with. 
has nothing to do with his speed, has nothing to do with his overall game. He's just not there. He's not engaged. Like and the penalty against the Penguins last week was that basically stupid. led to the game-winning goal. Stupid. There was no reason for him to retaliate like that. Right. And you know you're, you're not going to get it against Pittsburgh. And the he's supposed to be the guy with the experience, Phil. He's supposed to be the calm guy that won a Stanley Cup. But Yeah, and, and this is really it. The team has no patience. It never has. Oh, wow. Oh, Cora, that's scathing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, that's a tough one. But by the way, um, Phil, there's a lot of things about Sammy Blay I just don't see that I saw in St. Louis. I How about the big shot? Where has that been? Like he just want, he would wind up and crank. Like, I, I, I get why people want to hold hope on Sammy Blay. You want to hold hope because Pablo Butchnevich was trading and that deal was terrible. Move on from it. And and <laughs> I, I don't think you're getting this next level Sammy Blay at 26 years old. He is what he is. Yeah. That's it at this point. There's there's no there's no next level to him. He's going to be 27 in June. You're not you're not getting this new level of play from him. It, it's 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 unrealistic to expect play to who still hasn't scored a goal in the New York with the New York Rangers. He's tied when goal scored with us. Yeah, there you go. And and, and yeah, and good and, and this is right. Goudreau and Brzezinski have both outplayed Sammy Blay. Although, by the way, I also can't help but say this, Philk, and another one of those mind-boggling things. Last week against Pittsburgh, uh, the Rangers were down 3-2, to two, minute and a half remaining. What was Johnny Brzezinski doing on the ice? Another boneheaded decision from Gallant. And, and we've seen him do it with Barkley Goodrow, too. Oh, play the guys that are, that are skating. No, how about you play the guys that can actually score and get you the goal that you need at that point? Yeah. I mean, it's it, he he refuses to do it. By the way, guys, we're gonna go about five more minutes. I thank Phil for uh, soldiering through today. He's been a little bit under the weather, uh, and it's just you know it's it it's so it's it's so hard because I think Gallant wants these guys that bring the physical edge, that bring the attitude. Like I do think Ben Harper is oh, a better sixth defenseman than. Uh, Libor Hayek, for instance, but it's just you, you can't have it where Blay is just really he's a detriment to the team. And right now, I don't know what's going on with Jacob True, but I think you'd almost need to pull the C off of him. But yeah, I, I, he, he's another story, he is just so tremendously bad. And yeah. although his play has picked up a little bit as of late, it's still not good at all. It's not. It's still pretty bad. I mean, he was dreadfully bad before this, so I I don't understand what happened. Um, it, it, he's the biggest part of the problem. Again, like I said, you have a player that's playing twenty two minutes per game. You cannot be getting AHL caliber defense from a twenty two minute a game defender. It's not. It, it's not acceptable. Not acceptable. And the fact that he's a captain is even worse because aside from his helmet throw, what other moments can you point to where you say, oh, I saw good leadership from him? And not even just that. I mean, I, I understand the dinner that they, I think they talked about 
uh, in the Pittsburgh series. And, and people want to talk about his physicality. He's just not an $8 million defenseman. And he, he never was for the Rangers. This, there was one moment when he was an $8 million defenseman. And that was the, when he signed the contract. Because after that, nope. He's, he's been he, – he doesn't really play all three phases. He's not the top-line power play quarterback. So the Rangers really just overpaid. And, uh, Corey, you're gonna, I think you're going to be happy about this. But I think the Rangers are going to get Tyler Mott back because he's only on a one-year deal. And not really – Ottawa's not making the playoffs. So, no. yeah. He'll, he'll be either a Ranger – or watch him go to one of the other Metro teams and really succeed over there. So I, mean, I would be scared if the Raiders don't get him back. So, um, uh, yeah, you need uh, Dave's saying it, and he's kind of right with this. You need guys with edge and attitude coming to coming to the playoffs when you want to get that third and fourth line to bring energy, but. When you're a goal down with less than a minute to play, you put your skill guys out there because, of course, that's what you do. Unless you get guys that go to the front of the net. I mean, that's obviously the ideal. Everybody wants a Brendan Shanahan or a Cam Neely or, you know, a Pat Verbeek or someone like that that's going to go to those dirty areas and score. But um, I, I – you just – you don't always get those guys. And now you have, like, your Artemi Panarin's – who need to give you more, but I, I like this comment here because it's, I, I, I said this, that they would, if they could have put the, the C on one of the younger kids, I think they would have, but they just weren't able to do so. And I, I think it was a mistake pointing it on Jacob Truba. And I hope to God that them putting the C on Truba doesn't prohibit them from making the trade that they need to make when Truba's no movement clause uh, expires. So like, Phil, take for instance this, and I'm taking it from the article that was that I wrote two months ago. Um, Kako's got 65 career points with 13 on the power play. He had it's two goal uh, was uh, two goals and 11 assists in just year one that he had for the power play. Like he's had five power play points since. Uh, now that's from November. He might have added two more. I think since then you can't take these guys at number one and number two would not play them. And don't tell me the Rangers and, and, and look, Dave, I understand what you're trying to say with this, that they thought they're going to be the next Crosby. They thought, you know, as soon as it turned into two years, but when you don't play them, when you bench them, David Quinn, because of a penalty that Phil can always talk about this story, uh, then you're just, you're ruining them. You have to let the, if they're going to bench them, tell them why communicate, that was the big reason That's why they developed at all. Yeah, and that was really a, a big part of the Krasov saga and, and Leah's Anderson, too. It's just that there was no communication with these guys. And uh, I, I don't Krasov understand. definitely that. one thing. Leah's Anderson's another one. I think Leah's Anderson had a little a bit of a problem up here. Uh, yeah, to a point. But again, I, you, you, can't, you can't not communicate with these kids. I don't understand why it's so hard for them to just be like, okay, you know, this is what we want from you. You know, this is what needs to happen. And the coach can't relay it to them properly. Like it's just, it's stupid. It's stupid. And I, I don't like it. Yeah. And again, you get guys like Colin Blackwell 
getting more time with Artemi Panarin. And I understand some of the times it's it's difficult for Lafreniere to fix to get in there. Look, Gallant still hasn't found the right combinations for everything. Part of that has to do with, well, and again, uh, yeah, that's what Sean's saying right here, and that's what Paul. Well, yeah, that's that's right what here. I'm alluding to. Like, you can't bench Kako, and then in in a playoff game when that line is playing well, and not explain to him why he's, you know. You know, Paul's same comment, but it, it's it's the same thing. You just you can't do that. I I don't. There's no organization that treats their prospects like dirt the way that the Rangers do. I don't understand it. And you know, if if the idea was to rebuild, then why are we not treating these guys like they're the golden gooses, golden geese rather? Sorry. Well, all right, but sudden, but. I think, David, I think you're right about that. The, it's a valid point. Leah's had a great preseason. When all C-spots were open and he ends up on the fourth line playing with Smith and Haley. Yeah. That, that's that's what I said that postseason or that preseason too. Why Why was and – then, and then they put they, – and they ended up moving Brendan Smith up. And I remember this because it was the game against the Devils that they lost, like 5-2. They moved Brendan Smith up in that game to go play with Ryan Strom and Jesper Faust. And I, I, I sat there, I'm like, why is Brendan Smith, one, playing at forward, and two, why is he moved up to our third line? Mm. They had no idea of what they were doing with these kids, and that's the biggest problem. There's no idea because there's no patience because the operation, the, the opera's motor and I from the top is win and not develop because New York can never rebuild. They can't rebuild. Right, because it's it's all it's all too tempting because the next big free agent's around the corner. If yeah. Artemi Panarin was a free agent in say 2020, the Rangers would have been in much better, or maybe even 2021, they might have been in a better situation. But you had to go get him, you had to go get Truba, and now the Rangers are kind of in salary cap hell a little bit. They got to wait till the end of the year before they can start picking up some players. Uh, the trade deadline show, I can't wait because that's always going to be a great time. That's actually uh, we had a great time this year because all the trades are going to happen more so around that time. Yeah, and I, because all these teams, like, like you just go on cap friendly. All these teams, they're they're so stuck trying to figure out how to fit guys. But um, it's just like Grant's saying right here. Phil mentioned progress isn't linear. What part of the kids' game do you see improving down the line? Let me start with one player that I ripped on endlessly this year, and I still think I don't exactly see it with him, but Vitaly Kratsov. Vitaly Kratsov is starting to look more like he could play in the NHL. Does he – is he got this all-world talent that I'm not seeing? No. Like, Kako's puck control is – is getting to on a trajectory to be elite levels. He's just got to learn, get rid of it a little bit faster, hold on to it, distribute it. That's things you have to learn. You don't hold on to it forever. And then Matt Barzell picks your pocket and goes the other way and scores. I wish I could pinpoint what Lafreniere's thing. I like his passing and even kind of with Heedle, I'd like to say it's that too. I, I wish he would shoot the fuck a little bit more, but what are you saying, Phil? What do you, what do you want to say? I mean, I, I think Vitaly Krasov has learned how to be a pro. I mean, even Gallant said it the other day, which was kind of shocking. I didn't expect him to actually praise Krasov's play, but he's he's been highly he's, – he's 
had a lot of praise for Vitaly Kravtsov lately in the way he's played. But, you know, with that said, act on that now. Now now give him the minutes on the power play. Like, put put him on the first power play unit and move Vinny Trojak off of it and, and, and start making changes because your power play units aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, with him, I, I just I see him learning how to play the North American game, learning how to be a pro. Um, I want to see skating improvements from Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. And Alexi mm-hmm. Lafreniere... And I'm not going to totally kill Gallant for it just because I do think Lafreniere needs to be better and he needs to be more consistent. But, I mean, he needs to really, you know, show some effort with, you know, improving his skating. And I haven't seen that improvement to his skating yet. He's got to work with a power skating coach. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And sometimes sometimes it takes failure in order to get these guys to get up. I agree with the, with everybody. Kako scratched for game six versus the Lightning for Dryden Hunt? Really? Like What was still... Dryden Hunt going to give you that Capo Kako wasn't? Yeah, especially, especially when he had a, go, a go-ahead goal in the series. It wasn't the game winner because Tampa Bay always pressed. But, I mean, it's uh, – Loff also, by the way, I think the problem is uh, – I wish I could tell you if if Lop, if Lop is more of a puck protection guy or if he's more of a passer. But you know what helps when you get power play shifts. Maybe if you throw him on the top line, he throws he he gets a couple good points, and then that builds your confidence. If if you're gonna ask me how much confidence Alexei Lafreniere has, he's got none. He's got none right now. Yeah, I would agree. I, I just. When when your coach doesn't give you the confidence that you would want, he doesn't inspire confidence in you, and he doesn't give you the opportunities that you know you think like you want to be rewarded for your hard work. You don't want to be chastised for every little thing that you do wrong. You want to be rewarded for the things that you do good. And I just don't see that from Gallant. I, I really don't. Right. And and look, I would love to be able to say that that Gerard Gallant's doing a great coaching job right now. I would love for him to be able to succeed because no, uh, he's a great guy to root for. He's a great guy. This is also his results driven business. And if you're not seeing progression in the players and you're seeing mediocrity in the team play, something's got to give. And I know he shook, he shook his head last night and said, I guess throw the, the lines in a blender again and see what we come up with. No, have a plan. Extend the lineup, make a top nine. How about this? Because then you could put Trocek on a different line. I still think Trocek Tro, – how about this? They haven't tried this one, Trocek and Kako. And then maybe that works. How about Heedle with Panarin? They did that for a short time and then got away from that. Because if it works for about two shifts, if it doesn't work for two shifts in a row, actually, then they have to change it. Barkley Goudreau, top line center. Barkley gets a badge at. Let's move to the wing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of at wit's end about it because we can see the the the, the end of the tunnel. All right. Uh, I did say five minutes. We're actually eight minutes over. Uh, and, again, I have to thank everybody for, for joining us because uh, although this has been a therapy session for the last uh, few minutes, it's just it's, – but, again, it's like Corsain right here. Systematic issues and lack of game adjustments. 
So, but yeah, but guys, we had a great time. Hope you had a great time with this today. Um, I'm looking to get rid of the ticker too, but uh, it's, it's always, we, we always love the appointment viewing that you guys are coming in every single week, 5:45, and uh, just, it's been great. It's, it was also great going to Chicago. I promise to have that video up as soon as possible. And, um, you know, it's just, can't really hear you there. Sorry. The Rangers are playing tomorrow night. Yes. All right. But we'll see if the Rangers make adjustments because as we said before with the devils can't afford to slip too much in this division, because if you blink, the next thing you know, you're out of the playoffs. It's just that simple. And that's the reason why you have to make sure you're not playing catch up the entire time. All right. Um, but like I said, guys, we're going to wrap it up right here. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I'll have more clips this week from the show. And of course, we'll, we'll might be able to do some either final buzzers or 60 second game reviews. I'm working all week till Monday. So hopefully that happens and work has been Oh, just killing me this week. But it was fun for Christmas, though. Phil, last words? I don't know. And, of course, everybody, follow Big Apple Hockey. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.